I'm going to be reading from Acts 3, 18 to 21. <clears throat> but what God foretold by the mouths of the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, thus, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by, mouth of his, by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you, Layla. Uh, today, I just want to take a few minutes, and uh, I do mean a few. Uh, usually, you know, that means, oh yeah, whatever. Uh, but today, just a few. And before I do, I uh, want to say thank you to all of the people that are joining us on Facebook Live, uh, everybody that can turn and look at that iPhone right there and just wave and say hi to everybody. Um, because of the weather, we tried to do that today, and uh, hopefully there, be, there are some people tuning in. But we are so thankful that you were able to make it here and be with us today. So uh, just a question um, as we introduce our no series. Um, and no is an acrostic that we're going to use, and it stands for uh, a few things that are important for us to understand about who Jesus was and why he came to the earth. So the question is this, if you didn't have this book, what would be the message of Jesus? If you didn't have a scripture if you didn't have uh, the Gospels to turn to, what would we know about Jesus? And the truth is that for the first 300-ish years of Christianity, there was no the Bible. And so people who believed in Jesus and followed Jesus really did have a message without this book. And in this series, that's what we're going to try to uncover. What was that original message that those disciples, those early believers who followed Jesus, what did they say about him that finally got collected and written and pulled together into this document that we know as the Bible? What was that early message? And that is where no comes in. We are called by God. Everyone on the planet, we believe, is called by God to know Jesus. And the acrostic stands for a few words that we're going to find those early messages all contained about the person of Jesus. Uh, on your bulletin, there are some notes, and we won't go through them all today, but there's uh, some blanks for those first for um, when we talk about the word no, and the, the K of no is going to stand for king. One of the things that they said right off the bat, whenever these early dis, uh, d disciples and believers talked about Jesus, the first thing they made clear was that he was sent by God. He was appointed by God. He was anointed by God. That's what Christ means when they say Jesus the Christ who was sent by God to you. Christ means anointed. And so we get the idea right away that they believe, these first followers of Jesus, believed him to be the king, the king, okay? And that's the way they established their credibility about uh, with their hearers. 
second thing, they made sure to tell about Jesus in every sermon that we read about and that we know about. Every sermon points to the fact that he was in nailed to a cross. He was nailed to a cross. And that was super important uh, for a lot of reasons that we'll uncover on that week that we talked we, we talk about in. So he, he's king, sent by God. He is nailed to a cross. Then he dies, right? He's put into a grave, and he, oh, overcame the grave. He overcame the grave. And we're going to have, oh, do some double duty because it also means, it also stands for offers. Um, he overcame death. And he offers each one of us and to those original people that those first disciples and believers would have been talking to, they would have said, he offers to you a way to overcome death as well. Okay? And then finally, W stands for worship. He's the king who was sent by God, who was put on a cross and died and put in the grave. But three days later, he overcame death. He offers that same path to you. You can overcome death too if you will worship him and make him Lord and Savior of your life. And as we look at these original followers, these people who saw Jesus with their own eyes, touched Jesus with their own hands, walked with Jesus with their own feet, ate with Jesus, even after he had resurrected from the grave. When we talk about those first believers and what they experienced and what they saw, and then what they went out and said about Jesus, these four things come up over and over and over and over in their messages, in their sermons. They are without fail included. And so we could say it this way, this outline K-N-O-W, king, nailed, overcame, offers, worship. That is the bare, essential gospel message. That's what people have to hear if they want to be completely um, understanding of who Jesus is. And that's what our message should be as well. So in the next few weeks, we're going to explore what it means that Jesus was king what it means that he was nailed to a cross, what it means that he overcame death and he offers us the way to do that too, what it means to worship him as Lord and Savior. And the one thing that I want to drive home today and point to because it's coming up is March March 10th, March 10th. Uh, Not because it's March Madness, although I will be putting that on my calendar as well, but March 10th is the Sunday that we will talk about worship. And worship means that there is a call to action in every sermon, in every message that was preached about Jesus, every every follower who was trying to make more followers had a call to action at the end of their message. And the call to action was worship Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the way you do that is to come to him in faith and believe that he is the Son of God who was sent as king, that he went to a cross to sacrifice for your sins so that you could have a right relationship with God. You, have, you come to him in faith, and you come to him in baptism. There's not a sermon in the book of Acts that doesn't 
call people to do this thing called baptism. And so we want to point people to that. We want to point people to action. And so on March March 10th, (laughs) I I, want to say March chapter 10. Uh, On March 10th, we're going to earmark that as Baptism Sunday. Now, I need to explain a few things about that because the minute we start saying, oh, we're going to have a Baptism Sunday, you may have some... um, you, you automatically might conclude a few things about baptism itself. And what we want to do is go back to the Scripture, back to the Scripture, back to the Scripture to decide what baptism is. We need to go to Acts chapter 22. It's actually on the wall over here where the Apostle Paul is struck down on the road to Damascus by a blinding light, and it's Jesus himself. And Jesus himself says, I am the Lord. You need to stop trying to kill my church. And Paul has a conversion experience, and it leads him back to Damascus to a guy named Ananias, and he's blind because of the light that has struck him down on the road. And Ananias um, gets with Paul. Paul is probably, no doubt, praying for those three days because he's seen Jesus, right? And Ananias says, what are you waiting for? When they get together, he says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord. And we, we go to that scripture. We could go to a scripture like Romans chapter 6, where to be united with Christ in his death and burial and resurrection is to be baptized. When we are baptized, we're united with him in death, burial, and resurrection. And we're united with him in, those, in the hopes that we too will be raised to life. We can go to Galatians chapter 3, and we can read that in order to be clothed with Christ, in order to put on his righteousness so that we have this right relationship with God that he has bought us by dying on a cross, in order to put on those robes of righteousness, the text says, Paul says, we are baptized in order to put on those clothes of righteousness. We could go to 1 Peter chapter 3, where Peter says that baptism is a calling on God for a clear conscience, okay? And so we frame it up this way around here. We are saved by grace. There's nothing that you can do to get in the good graces of God. Jesus has done that for you. He's lived the perfect life. He's gone to a cross to get you a right relationship with God. And so we are saved by grace. We are saved through faith. We have to come in faith that Jesus is who he said he was, that he is the son of God, and that God sent him to die on a cross for our sins so that we could have that right right relationship. We come by grace through faith in baptism. And baptism becomes the, the occasion of our salvation experience. Baptism becomes the time that we are saved. And we are saved by grace through faith in baptism for good works. And so, all that to say this. If you need to be baptized, do it today. Don't wait till March 10th. There is no good reason on the planet for you to wait because you need to do it today. And why wouldn't you do it today? But it's okay, I think, for us to circle a date 
and say, you know what? You should start thinking about this if you've never thought about it before. If you're somebody who's followed after Christ and maybe, maybe you've been interested for a long time, but you've never taken this step, would you circle March 10th and would you say, you know what? I'm going to search the scriptures. I'm going to ask God what is required of me and maybe March 10th can be your day, okay? But today can be your day too, all right? Everybody say, yes, today can be my day too. Yeah, that's, that's where we want to go to that. And we want to drive people to this call to action that is clearly given by those first followers, and we need to give that today. Um, and so we're going to circle that date, but by no means do you need to wait until that date. So our hope is that through this series, you will know Jesus. And the question is, do you know Jesus today? I'm going to call the band back up. I told you just a few minutes, right? Did I keep my word? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to call the band back up. And do you know Jesus? That's the question. Do you know that he is the king who was sent by God for you, nailed on a cross for you, so that his blood could buy you a right relationship with God, so that you could be redeemed, is what the scripture says. And do you know that he overcame death so that you don't have to worry about it? And the way to make him Lord and Savior of your life is to respond in faith and in baptism. Do you know Jesus today? If you don't, I'm going to be here. Um, there are going to be some people on the wings that will pray if you have some prayer requests. But as we sing, would you just ask yourself, do I know Jesus? Do I know who he is and what he came to do? And have I responded to that? I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray. And then we'll sing and we're going to turn it over to our elders and they'll conduct some business. And then we will um, call it a day. Okay. Father, I thank you that today we can know who Jesus is. I thank you that today can be the day of salvation for any one of us. I know there are a lot of people in this room who um, the today of their salvation was years ago, decades ago maybe, maybe months ago. But they have done, they have responded in a way to make Jesus Lord and Savior, and we thank you for that. I pray for those people maybe today who are still contemplating that. Do they know Jesus? And I pray your Holy Spirit will begin to work in their heart. I pray that you will help them to search the scriptures, to ask the right questions of the friends around them. Who is this Jesus guy to me? And what does it mean? Because it makes all the difference. God, would you steer everyone in this room to our great Savior, Jesus? in whose name we pray. Everybody said.